Welcome into the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm your host, Rob Warner, and today's episode continues a series of off-season interviews Sun Devil Source publisher Chris Cartman has recently conducted with Arizona State football coaches. Today, you'll hear his interview with ASU first-year offensive coordinator, Zach Hill. Hill, who is implementing a new offensive scheme for the Sun Devils, takes over the ASU offense led by sophomore quarterback Jaden Daniels. He spent the previous four seasons with Boise State as offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach. Hill joined Boise State after leaving Hawaii, where he was named offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach in December 2015. Prior to that, Hill served as, a, as passing game coordinator and quarterback's coach at Eastern Washington for seven seasons from 2009 to 2015. Hill was a record-breaking quarterback at Central Washington from 1999 to 2003. He broke more than 20 league records and passed for 8,882 career yards and 76 touchdowns while completing 60.2% of his passes. In 2002, Hill led Central Washington to an 11-1 record and was named a third-team All-American. He was inducted into the team's Hall of Fame in 2013. Following his career, Hill became a graduate assistant at Eastern Washington, working in that role for two seasons before being promoted to passing game coordinator and quarterback's coach. In this podcast, Hill explains the offensive philosophy that he brings to Tempe and gives his perspective on the personnel he will be working with in his first season, including some details on, on Daniels and the challenges ahead for the team's skill players, particularly its wide receivers. The voice you hear next is Cartman, followed by Hill. I'm joined by Zach Hill, Arizona State's offensive coordinator. Uh, Coach, can you just give me your impressions of some of the challenges and or opportunities associated with going through what I'm sure that nobody in in the coaching profession has gone through with uh, this current situation that we're in? Sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is a crazy time uh, of life right now that we'll never forget, but uh, definite challenges. Uh, but some opportunities as well. Um, you know, you, you don't have the players on campus, uh, so you don't get to see them, you know, on a daily basis, um, especially with the strength and conditioning uh, program. Uh, I think that's that's the thing that we're going to see the biggest hit on. You know, these guys are trying to to, to work out in their own, you know, houses and, um, you know, whatever they've got the ability to do. Um, so that, that's going to be the, the biggest issue. And then, and then also the nutrition uh, piece I think is is going to be um, hard for a lot of players, you know, where they're used to having the the regular food, you know, here on campus and um, you know the different nutrition supplements and things like that. Uh, those are going to be two big ones. But um, you know, we're still able to have meetings with the guys and uh, you know, use utilizing Zoom and you know some team meetings, some some position meetings and some install stuff and getting on the same page with some of our defensive ter- or, you know, the, the terminology that we're using on offense and also some of the things uh, defensively that we're, we're calling things. So uh, getting on the same page and having some time to do that uh, isn't always bad either. Yeah. It, se- it seems like the, the programs that do the best job through this downtime are going to be better positioned than their, their other, you know, the other teams in their conferences or on their schedule, um, what kind of – are there any sort of tricks or, or theories that you have behind what things or practices behind what things are going to enable you guys to be in the best uh, situation possible when this when this kind of thing ends? Well, the, the biggest thing that, that we're thinking right now, you know, that we have control of 
is you know the the meetings uh on our installs uh the the meetings that we're having with our players to get them uh, mentally prepared for you know either what we're installing in the fall or you know what we're calling things um but you know i think um the 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 physical piece is going to be the, the the piece that's lacking, um, yeah. and that we're going to have to catch up with, you know, once they're back up on on campus and, and we're able to get them going again. And you know, we've just got to be flexible as coaches right now through this, and and just understand everybody's kind of on the same playing field. And when when we do, whenever that is, that we all get back together uh, and get guys on campus, um, then it's 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 back to work and and. Um, you know, through the nutrition, through the the strength and conditioning, and um, and getting all that stuff going again, and 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 hopefully they've done a good job. You know, on their own, uh, we've got to help motivate, obviously. But each kid's got to make that own their own decision to be able to, you know, attack each day and and to get better physically and and mentally. They've they've got tools now. They just got to got to use them. So, a lot of teams really didn't get anywhere near the amount of work in that you did in spring ball, you got halfway through. Um, how essential was that for, for going through the installs, you getting an assessment of your personnel, their ability to watch and uh, learn from the, the, the that video of all that experience? It was big. You know, getting seven practices in uh, all the way up till spring break uh, before this whole thing hit, uh, was big in a lot of ways um, for for me you know uh, you know to be able to see that personnel um get get used to those guys and get um get familiar with them and and get on you know the same page with a lot of them uh was really good uh for them you know being out there learning a new offense uh new system um some organizational you know differences and and then just getting a feel for what we're trying to do as an offense. Uh, you know, new signals, you know, new terminology, all that stuff, uh, having those seven practices and actually being out there on the field and, and getting a chance to, to run through the operation of it all was crucial, you know, for us, um, you know, installing a new offense. Um, and then we have the opportunity now to go back and watch those seven practices, um, critique, go through those again, you know, make make sure we're making those crit- uh, corrections and, um, you know, learn from them. Uh, so uh, hopefully, you know, through those seven practices, we, you know, hopefully we are ahead of some of the other schools because of it. How much of your offensive package do you think that you had at least, you know, kind of in there where guys had, had gone through it? it? It was our base, our DNA stuff. Um, you know, it's it's just the uh, – the foundation of some things. So it was very, you know, simple. Now we're introducing a lot of different, um, you know, ways of getting to things, um, you know, whether it be cadence changes or, or tempo changes or, you know, some, some shifts in motions and things like that. Um, but it, I would, you know, I would say it's 20% of what, what is available. And, uh, but it, but it is, you know, we're able to build off of a lot of that stuff and, um, you know, get our main concepts, our main run game, uh, and get a look, you know, at some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. If you were going to, in a, you know, sh- short way, I know it would take a long time to do it, you know, in a proper way, but in, in a, a succinct way, how would you sort of sum up 
the philosophy behind behind what you guys are trying to do offensively? Well, you know, we want to be a physical offense. Um, so it should be a, a physical downhill, you know, run game. Uh, we want to create explosive plays and and be creative with that. Um, so, you know, u- utilizing some, some fun, some – some different personnel groups. Um, you know, we're going to be shifting motion and change the cadence up a little bit. And, uh, but, you know, utilizing mainly 11 and 12 personnel. Um, but it's going to be multiple formations, multiple uh, personnel groups, and, and uh, try to put pressure on the defense in, in some different ways. And there's a lot of pre-snap, you know, shifting, resetting, guys moving. Tell me kind of what that uh, – what information that provides about the defense, how that keeps the defense on balance, uh, the misdirection capabilities based upon kind of the way that you guys run things um, and any other kind of elements that stand out. Yeah, I think we're trying to slow down the defense, you know, and and make them think and make them communicate and have to deal with, um, you know, a lot of different personnel groups and, um, uh, I think that's it's always it's always easier for a defensive coordinator, you know, if he kind of knows the formations that a team's going to be in, and he knows the tempo that you're going to be in, and you know, if we can if we can change that up and and create different tempos and and different cadences, and then you know we're in unbalanced formations and empty, and then 22 personnel, and um, you know, it's, it's harder to call a game, it's harder to plan for a game, and then it's all the the what ifs. Well, what if he does this? Or what if he shifts here? You know, and so and so when you know that that's a big part of our offense is just slowing down, make the defense communicate. Um, you know, so they are hopefully uh, you know not on the same page, um, and then we can we're able to play fast and 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 be able to uh, you know know what we're doing. Um, we just want to confuse the defense as much as we can. It's a very uh, – the offense is very heavily reliant on tight ends and backs um, in all facets. So what do you think about where you're at with um, with those groups in particular, um, with the personnel you have? We're building, and we were limited in spring uh, with the number of bodies, especially in the tight end room. Um, you know, we had we had some new running backs uh, on campus that are true freshmen that were early enrollees uh, that are going to be a – uh, you know, a big help, you know, in that room. Uh, but, you know, really only having two returning tight ends um, and then, you know, a fullback in case hatch. Um, and and we're, we're looking to add to that room here in the off season uh, with some, some guys we signed and, and uh, you know, walk on and, and some things there to help, you know, boost the numbers in that room. So we were a little bit limited with the the personnel that we had in spring to get to some of the things that we wanted to do. But um, I I thought spring was a good introductory. um, Here's what the offense looks like. You know, here's what we're trying to do. Uh, And then we can, you know, add the personnel as we're, as we're rolling. Because again, we didn't even have some of the O-linemen, you know, that, you know, the transfer that Henry had us from Stanford. That's not here yet. That's going to be a big factor in our O-line and, um, you know, some of that. The adaptiveness of the of the scheme to what you have on hand with your players is uh, seems like uh, a benefit or a, a, an advantage. Um, as you've kind of gone through your career, do you does it feel like you've had teams where you had you know in one area 
you know, a lot of strength and other areas, kind of weaknesses, and you've been able to kind of piece things together successfully given that. And then maybe in, in other years, it's been very different in terms of your the makeup of your personnel and where you, your strengths tend to be. Very much so. I think every year is different. And I think even through a season, you know, it changes because there's injuries, there's things that happen, there's, you know, whatever that uh, changes some of the personnel, even within a season. And you've got to adapt uh, as a as a coach and, and find ways to get your playmakers the ball, um, you know, work with the, the weaknesses, you know, in, in, you know, certain areas, you know, in your offense uh, and try to play to the strengths, you know. And, and then a lot of it has to do with your quarterback, uh, which we're fortunate to have a, an elite quarterback with Jaden Daniels. And, um, you know, a lot of that depends on what he's good with, what he's comfortable with, what he likes doing. Now, you know, we're fortunate that he can he can make a lot of these things work. And, you know, he can be in the pocket and throw it. He can, you know, escape pressure and get out. He can throw on the run well. He can, uh, you know, work the play action boot type stuff. I mean, there's a lot of things that he's really good at. Um, so that that frees him up uh, and frees us up to to be able to call whatever. But um, you know, a lot of the the offensive install and and like what you're going into a game with is is based around what you know the quarterback uh, is able to do and feels good with. How much of an impact was the ability to work with Jaden in your decision to take the job? Was it a factor at all, or would you have taken it? kind of regardless from talking to Herm and going through the, the process or uh, did you really look at uh, a quarterback like that and maybe some of the other uh, personnel situations? It was a big factor knowing that you've got a uh, a top-notch quarterback like Jaden, uh, a young guy that's you know got multiple years left, um, has already had really good success as a freshman and uh, you know is long and athletic and has some great potential. Um, that's a big draw, you know, to a to a job like this. And and you know, being a quarterback coach, um, you know how how crucial that is to have a a really good quarterback running your offense. Uh, and oftentimes that can be uh, the biggest factor in whether you have success as an offense or not. Um, so you know, whether that would have stopped me from taking the job or not, I I, I don't know. But uh, it definitely helped the decision, you know, coming down here to ASU. This, this, your offense seems to me to be a little more complex than last year. Uh, he only had one interception, I think, last year, which is pretty amazing. Um, what do you think are the opportunities to really for him to progress and develop uh, with his game, either from a skill a technique standpoint, from a, a mentality standpoint, learning the game, et cetera? Well, I, I think he's a very talented kid and he uh, has that playmaking ability. Uh, obviously, he's already shown that he's a good decision maker uh, on the field, and he's got a really good feel for the game. Um, I think he's going to progress in you know some of his fundamentals and, and footwork and technique, um, which can even you know make him a more uh, you know a better passer and, and more efficient uh, with what he's doing and, and just quicken his movements. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a little bit of a different offense for him too. So it's going to challenge him, um, you know, mentally with some different things. And um, I think what he's going to find that he likes is the ability to, um, you know, make adjustments 
signal adjust things. He he can he's going to be able to make some decisions in a game um, that that I think that he he likes. He likes to have con- control of, of things and and um, you know he's he's going to find that that he can really get into the game because of the offensive structure. And he, that adaptability kind of on the fly. Uh, it, it does require a lot of your wide receivers also. Uh, and just the scheme in general is, um, it's, 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 guys are not just lining up and knowing their play or getting signals from the side and, and knowing the route. Uh, in this scheme, there's a lot of things that you have to be mindful of as you're going and you have to kind of learn how all the pieces, uh, kind of in, intermingle. So what's, what do you think about just how that process, uh, is went in the spring and shapes up? Uh, for this first season. Uh, I'm sorry, say it one more time. We're kind of cut now. Okay, so the the um, just thinking about this, the receivers in this offense, it seems like there's a lot more on their plate than maybe last year. Uh, given you know, not not just last year, they were looking at the sideline, they had to know the route. Maybe they weren't needing to know as much about how all the the offensive pieces kind of intermingle. Not maybe not as many adjustments, not learn, not knowing about kind of needing to know exactly what other guys are doing on on, on plays. Um, yeah. What do you think about just kind of where that group is at right now, and the things that you guys have to do to really accelerate their development? Sure, I, I think that position um, for what they were used to um, to what they're going to have to be uh, required to know um, now is, is going to be a big difference. Um, and so that's, I know that was a stressor, you know, for them during spring and, um, you know, understanding the operation of, of how the offense works with the different formations and motions and shifts and, and, uh, the new signals and all that stuff. I, I think that position, um, was, was probably, you know, the, the toughest and, and biggest change, uh, through all of this, you know, because I, I think there is some cohesion with the old line and the terminology we're using with them, and uh, but the receivers is that's going to be a tough one. Um, so they've got to really challenge themselves to be professionals and study like professionals and take notes and and uh, understand the big picture of you know what we're trying to do here and how that's going to benefit them. Um, so a lot of it's it's on them, um, you know, to learn and, and to figure out and know that it's going to benefit them in the, in the long run, especially the guys that may have a shot to play uh, at the next level. Um, but, you know, it is a challenge. And uh, especially for young guys coming in, you know, from high school, and, you know, if they weren't here in the spring, and we've got that, you know, the four guys that are coming in, um, none of them had an opportunity to be out there, you know, early in the spring. So, um, you know, what what tools they have, you know, with playbook, with the video, with the installs, with, you know, any other things that we're giving them. Um, we'll see who prepares themselves the, the best. And because um, at the end of the day, you know, you've got to know what you're doing to be able to play fast. And um, if if they're if they're not prepared, if they're not uh, putting themselves in that position to, to jump into things, it's going to make it a long run. Yeah. So Frank Darby in particular, um a lot of experience, been a major home run threat, like one of the best in the Pac-12. And he's pretty candid about trying to diversify his game and, and round himself out. Um, just working with him, you know, a little bit, what, what do you think about where he's at? I love Frank. Frank is uh, – he's an awesome guy. He, he's got a, a great leadership play about him, uh, really good energy, um, was a was – a, 
you know, deep threat uh, and runs well and, and likes the deep ball and, and all that stuff. Um, but I think he's really focused, you know, on getting better and um, he's intentional about what he does, you know, on a day-to-day basis, whether it's his nutrition or, you know, working out or, or studying. And, and uh, you know, he's got a good vision of what he expects out of himself. And I think he's got high expectations and, and, um, you know, he makes that group better. You know, those, those guys, you know, he's, he's that leader in that group and, and one of the older guys in that group. And, um, so we expect him to, to have a big influence on this offense. Yeah. And the, the, the running backs, the two freshmen that you brought in seem like Dan Monte in particular really hit the ground running. Um, when, when this team is replacing Eno Benjamin, uh, that's such a focal area. What do you think about just what you saw from them? Yeah, Diamante had a good, you know, sp- or, you know, spring practices, and and, and uh, we felt good about what he uh, provides. You know, he, for a freshman, incoming freshman that really should still be in high school. You know, jumping into college football practices. I mean, he's physically already there i mean he's a strong kid he's he's built um he runs with good power um he's got good balance uh he can protect and he can hold up in protection because of his strength um you know he's an impressive impressive kid and and really what impressed me the most about him was that he's a great leader he's a phenomenal person he's he's vocal he's you know committed to getting better um and he's he has no problem um, you know, speaking his mind and, and um, you know, trying to get those other guys on the team, even being a freshman, he's trying to get everybody, you know, on the same page. He's trying to get everybody motivated. He's trying to push guys, you know, and uh, so he's already taken a little bit of that leadership role over, which has been great to see. And then, you know, Daniel Nagata, a um, little bit different type of back. Right. So, um, a little bit smaller, got some speed, got some shiftiness to him. He's got good hands. Um, you know, he can be a back that, you know, he move around a little bit and, and create some mismatches and even use him as a receiver at times. And, um, you know, could be a good sweep guy. And, um, he's got some, you know, you know, the, the elusiveness and, um, and again, not as, not as big as Diamante, but still strong. Um, really, again, good, good kid. Um, smart, uh, and both those guys put in a lot of time trying to learn, you know, this this offense and the terminology, and um, we expect big things out of both those guys. Yeah, I was going to ask. They seem very complimentary, and from a standpoint, yeah. I might at some point be able to have both of them on the field uh, and, and kind of be using that in a way that is an, is an asset within uh, your kind of the way that you guys move players around in, in the personnel groupings. For um, sure. Yeah, so so what do you think about just that, you know, that capability at some point? I totally agree. Yeah, they they um, you know provide different uh, you know advantages for us as an offense, and I, I can see both of those guys playing a lot. Um, and um, you know whether we got them both on the field at the same time or, or not, uh, I can see them both getting on the field at certain times. But um, yeah, we expect big things out of them. Are there with the players who haven't arrived yet? You have this this really unprecedented wide receiver class that ASU signed, and none of them were were on campus. Um, how much are you able to do with those guys at this point? Given that in a normal situation, 
some of them would be starting to arrive on campus now or in the next few weeks. Um, what, what what are you allowed to do, and, and what are some of the, the, the things that you're trying to uh, help their assimilation from sure. a distance? We, you know, until they uh, until they truly graduate, um, there's you know rules on what we can do with them and what we can't do with them, and and so um, you know and, until that happens, uh, until their graduation, then you know, they they can't jump into Zoom meetings or or anything like that. Now, we can provide them information as far as playbook material and and um, you know they can watch installs and stuff like that, but nothing that's um, you know, set up directly, you know, for them or them linking into team meetings or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some limitations there, but, um, you know, you just, you're just trying to challenge those guys as much as possible to be in the best shape, you know, that they can be in and, and be working out and, and then, you know, studying what tools they have, you know, with formations and, and, uh, you know, what play calls are and, and, uh, you know, some of the past game route, you know, things. And so, uh, you know, it's just, you hope as a coach, you're um, getting that across to those guys, how big that that piece is going to be. They can't just show up and, and, Hey, I'm out on the field. I'm going to know what to do and go play. Um, There's a, there's a long process to it and a lot of work involved. Yeah. What's it been like so far just being a part of this staff uh, and maybe even in comparison to what you anticipated it might be like, it's uh it's unique. There's there's Herm Edwards, Marvin Lewis, these guys with the Sean uh uh Slocum, these guys with a wealth of NFL experience and knowledge, and then you have at the other end of the spectrum Chris Hawkins and Prentice Gill and, and it just seems like the it's very diverse and it's um I haven't seen covered a, a, a staff that really has been like this. What's it what's it been like? Yeah. It is. It's a very diverse group and you know, you've got some NFL guys, you've got some college guys, you've got yeah, some some older guys, some younger guys, a lot of different personalities. Um, but the energy is really good, and it all the staff environment all comes from Coach Edwards. I mean, he sets the tone, he sets the culture, you know, and he's very uh, knowledgeable uh, about what you know he wants and what he wants from from his coaches and in the and in the program and it's just a positive atmosphere. It's a, it's a positive vibe, whether it's, you know, in the meeting rooms or whether it's, you know, on the practice field, um, there's a lot of positivity to it. And, you know, the coaches feed off that, the players feed off that. And, um, you know, it makes the day to day, uh, very enjoyable. Uh, I mean, you come to work every day and you, you love coming in and, uh, you know, I, I think the camaraderie, you know, in the coaching uh, you know, offices and in that, in that staff room, you know, it was really good. You know, there's, uh, I think everybody's competitive and, and, uh, you know, wants to be the best and wants to see that success and development within their position. And, um, you know, there's some young guys that are learning and, and trying to figure some things out on, uh, as well, but, uh, there's great leadership here and I feel really uh, appreciative of coach Edwards and, you know, Ray Anderson and, and, uh, you know, Gene Boyd and, and all those guys for, for allowing me to be a part of this. Yeah. And just circling back to the quarterback situation, um, behind Jaden, I, I know that's a little bit of a, of a question mark. Um, you got Jack Smith kind of back into the program after a long hiatus, uh, due to mm-hmm. back, uh, <laughs> Dalen McElmore's coming in. Um, 
Ethan Long is a jack of all trades type of a yeah. guy. What do you think about just kind of what you have to work with there right now? Well, you know, the depth uh, in that room, we've, we've got to develop. and We've, we've got to figure out who um, that second and third guy is. And that's, we're going to keep evaluating all the way up till game one, you know, when, whenever that is. And whenever, right, right. You know, whenever we get into fall camp. Uh, but that evaluation process is just going to continue to go, and it'll it'll go through the season too. And there may be changes, and you know, within the the two and the three uh, quarterback, and see how the young guys uh, transition and and how quickly they can learn it. Um, you know, Trenton is is in there too in, in mm-hmm. the mix right. with all that, and um, so just you know, there it, it takes time, you know, and, and there's there's some learning process and, uh, you know, time involved with that. Um, so we'll see who picks it up the quickest and, and ultimately it's going to be who we feel the most comfortable with out there that they know what to do and can operate. What, what did you like about Dalen? Because he was, I believe you were recruiting him at Boise State before uh, the transition, or I'm sure you were, you knew about him. Uh, what kind of stands out? Yeah, we, we were recruiting him. I was recruiting him a little bit at Boise and had some conversations, you know, uh, at Boise before I got over here you know, with him. Uh, I like the fact that he's he's athletic. Uh, he's got a good build and he's he's, he's tall and, and, and got some length and a uh, good strong arm. You know, he's, he comes from a uh, – I mean, his dad played in the NFL, so he's got um, good genes there. And, and uh, I think he's still – um, raw in the fact that he's got a huge upside, a, a big, you know, potential for what he could end up being. Um, you know, I think developing his, his fundamentals and footwork. And um, I, I think he was a kid too that kind of grew into his body, you know, late. And, and um, but he's got a really big upside, you know, from an athleticism standpoint. And um, he's a great kid. You know, he's, he's got a great demeanor about him. Um you know, so we we expect big things from him, and uh, I'm, you know, intrigued. We want we want to get him on campus as soon as we can here, so yeah. we can start working with him um, and start developing him. You know, even at, more. I know I know he's hungry to get here. At Boise, this uh, you guys um, and and before you for a very long time had a, a, a great track record with quarterback evaluations and development and overall play at the position. Um, is it different, do you think, recruiting to a place like Arizona State? Uh, and how do you sort of approach that at that position? I think it's a little different. Um, I, I think being in the Pac-12 uh, helps. I think the area and the location helps. Um, I mean, what quarterback wouldn't want to come I mean, throw it in this weather every day, you know? And it's it's beautiful sure. outside, sunny. I mean, it's it's a great quarterback environment, you know? And then with the wide receiver history that we've had here and you know the guys that we're getting um you know i mean that's very intriguing for you know a high school quarterback to come into knowing he's got some elite receivers to throw to and always some big big tight ends to be able to throw to as well and um i think the appeal for being an asu quarterback is is awesome yeah well coach i uh really appreciate the time um Looking forward to getting out there and watching you guys uh, when you're able to and, and trying to learn some more things and uh, always always definitely take something positive and, and learn something from our interactions. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, Chris.
We hope you enjoyed our interview with Hill, and you can also read the Q&A on Sun Devil Source, as well as other reporting we'll have on the team's offensive units this offseason. Be on the lookout in your feeds for the rest of our position coach interviews in the weeks to come. Thank you for tuning in. Akuna Matata.